The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Mo'ed Katan, Daf Yud Bet. Today's Daf has been dedicated by the Shehebar family in memory of their father and grandfather Gavriel ben Zakiya. Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. Le'alu Mishmat Avraham ben Esther. Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Eliyahu Ben Gladys Mr. Eli Shama Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen By the Sit family We begin today's daf On the beginning of Yud Bet Amud Rishon Right on the top line And the Gemara begins Amar Shemuel Mekabele Kibolet Petoch Techum Asur this is a law regarding Shabbat Where you have, let's say, a contractor That's building somebody's home So he does it Kablanut means he's getting paid for the job Jeez, Really he has his own hours He can finish whenever he wants All you're paying him is to finish it He's not being paid by the hours He's being paid by the job That's called the Kablan So it says even though he's mekabel kibolet, which is even though he's being paid by the job, and technically he can make his own hours, it's considered like his own work. He can only work, however, outside the tomb, which is outside the um, radius of, let's say, 2,000 amma from the city. The basic point is he cannot work and build that house within the confines of the city itself. Why? Look at Rashi. Mekabele kibolet. One cannot hire a nukhri bekibolet ki avde le b'shabeta when he does it on Shabbat. Everybody knows that he's working. Which means they're going to think that today he was hired, or they're going to think that he's paying him, and therefore it's a marit ayin problem. Oh, so that she has a question. We learned the Shabbat, you can give your clothes to the launderer on Arab Shabbat right before sunset. And even if it's within the tomb, and the guy is going to clean them on Shabbat, so what, what's the reason? It should be the same law. He says, Which means the clothes of a Jew are not recognizable that they're his clothes. So when the guy is cleaning the clothes, nobody will say, oh, those are his uh, so-and-so's clothes, and therefore he gave it to him on Shabbat. But real estate, everybody knows whose property is whose. And therefore, everybody knows this is the Jewish property. So within the tomb is going to be asur because of hashad, because of suspicion. So comes the Gemara and says, Amara Papa, Vafilu And even that which we said outside the tomb is okay, Tim to build, Lo Amaran Ela Deleka Matat Mikarbalatam. It's only talking that there's no place that is close to that place. So it has to be totally far out that even that place is not have any access or is close to another area. But again, if there's a place that is close to the place that's outside the city, Asur. 
again, why? So Rashi says, Again, the people in the close place next to it, even though it's 2,000 amma outside where you live, but it's not, it's close to another place, so those people are going to suspect also and say, oh, did you hire these guys on Shabbat? And even in a case where there's no close city next to the place where he's building his house, it's only talking would be permissible on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Because no people go and travel to that place. Because on Shabbat and Yom Tov you're limited. You don't have to travel outside the tomb. So therefore we're not worried about any Jews surfacing in that place outside the, the city. And therefore it will be permissible on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Because I'm not worried about many time because nobody can get there on Shabbat and Yom Tov. But Hulam is to be Asur. Which is a very interesting thing. We have a case where Cholam word is more mahmir than Shabbat and Yom Tov because since Cholam people can travel. So therefore they're going to get to that place. And they're going to see him building a house. Uh, they go in and say, oh, you must have hired him today. And you cannot uh, hire a worker, obviously, on Cholam word. So therefore, on Cholam word, even outside the city, even if there's nothing close uh, around, still since people access it on Cholam word, it's going to be a sur. Comes the Gemara and says, Mor Zutra Bere de Rav Nachman. Banu le Afadna Mekable Kibolet Hoots Tatum. So he built, or they built for him the Guim, Afadna is like a mansion, Mekable Kibolet with Kablanut. So he seemingly followed all the rules. He built it outside the Tatum, Al Yedegoim, and uh, the Magen uh, Abraham says that he certainly stipulated with them not to work on Shabbat. However, as we're going to see in the story, they worked on Shabbat anyway, which means they they worked, as we'll see. Now let's see the story again. I read again the beginning of the story. Uh, so the rabbis did not want to enter such a house. And someone is saying that he himself, the rabbi who built the house, did not want to enter the house after it was built. What are you talking about? It was Hutzatrum. It's permissible. So what's the problem? Which means even if they built it on Shabbat, it's okay. Because the rule is, if it's building outside the home, it's okay. So the rabbi obviously followed all the rules. So the Gemara says, no, the Adam Hashuv is different. Which means a person that's of important status has to be more mahmid in this case. And therefore, obviously the rabbi that built the house, meaning, uh, he must have told them, listen, even though outside it's home, I don't want you working on Shabbat. The workers didn't listen to him. And they built on Shabbat anyway. And since he's Adam Hashuv, he was mahmid on himself not to benefit from the house itself. The Ika de Amre, another version would happen. He actually supplied for them the Tibna, which would be the, the straw, or the, uh, or the raw materials for the cement. And therefore, since he supplied the raw materials, it's not really considered 100% kablanut. 
Because Kablanut is, they're taking care of the whole job. When you're supplying them the materials, so therefore you're also helping them. So therefore it wasn't 100% Kablanut. And again, we have to say that he stipulated with them, don't work on Shabbat. And they have to say that, what, well, they didn't listen. And therefore it was Mahmir on himself, not to live in such a house. It should be noted that Maran Shu'anud brings this halakha down, that a house that was built on Shabbat, the Isur, really, it's Asur to dwell in such a house and have benefit from it. From like we see in this Gemara. Comes the Gemara and continues. You have to say also that even though seemingly... Uh, Normally if somebody, a goy does a melachan Shabbat bi'isur, so there's a certain time frame that you wait and then it becomes permissible. It seems by a house you have to say the more mahmir because it's a public uh, situation, it was done and therefore they are more uh, stringent like you saw in the story over here. Comes the Gemara and continues. Rav Hamma shara lehu le'ambun gireh deber resh geluta le'me'ibad lehu avita be'chola demo'ada. Rav Hamma allowed the uh, workers, those were the uh, people that fixed the tables. It seems the tables in the resh galut, in the exilarch's house, there were so many were broken. So he allowed those uh, carpenters to fix the tables uh, on chola mo'ed. Uh, even though they're doing melacha, so Amar he said, "Kevan de agar lo kashakle." Since they're not getting paid, which means those workers are not getting paid money, shavshuye hu dekam mishavshule velet lan ba. So what is this shavshule mishavshe? So that she says, "Revach be'alma kedes udatam." Which means since they're not making money, they don't get paid. They just get their wages in the form of meals. Which means they eat from the house of the exilarch. Which means although he allowed them to, to work, but really even if you're working on Cholamed, it's masbah for me, you're really not to, to, to charge. You're not to get paid. Even if you're allowed to do work. So this work over here was to fix the tables. Obviously it was a purpose for Cholamed. They needed the tables to use on Cholamed. Otherwise it would not allow them to use it. Well, you have to say that he allowed them because since there was no payment over here, it was just uh, in lieu of their eating, of their food, of their meals. So therefore, it was permissible. Uh, the Mephashim explained over here, the Rosh proves from here that even a Melacha that's permitted on Hola Mu'ed, you're not allowed to do it Biskar. You're not allowed to uh, charge money uh, for those uh, services. Uh, and that's the Ritba as well, in the name of Rabbeinu Yedidya. Now, Rabbeinu Yedidya himself also explains the Gemara a little differently, that they did not take payment because they owe the Exalach money. So therefore all he did was take it off the net. And therefore, no, but that wasn't, you weren't actually getting paid, mama, it's, you know, uh, subtracting it and reducing it from the debt, and that's what Shemshuyeh means. Reduction from that is not considered payment, mama, and therefore it's permissible as well on Hola Mu'ed. You're allowed to receive a, a, a job on Hola Mu'ed. Let's say a Jew is a Kablan, right? So now they want to hire him on Hola Mu'ed. But to do it after the Mu'id. Which means, uh, the job can be taken, it can make the contract, so to speak, but to work after the uh, uh, Mu'id. Now, she learns the case actually a little different than I said. 
You're actually hiring the goy. So I can go sit down with the goy, tell him, for example, I want you to build my house, and I'm talking about Hulam Mu'ed. But don't start on Hulam Mu'ed, you'll start right after the holiday. So that's permissible to make the deal on Hulam Mu'ed. Mu'ed Asur. Well, obviously, for him to work on the Mu'ed uh, itself, like we learned, is going to be Asur. We have a rule. Anything that you could do on Hulam Mu'ed, so you'll have to tell a goy to do for you as well. If you can't do it, you cannot tell the goy to do it as well. Therefore, since you cannot build on Hulam Mu'ed, so therefore you cannot tell the goy also and hire him on Hulam Mu'ed as well. To build the pot, you can establish the deal on Hulam Mu'ed to start building after Hulam Mu'ed. So comes the Gemara and says, Tanya Ida, whoever brighta, Mekabelin kibolit bimoed, la asota le haramoed. Again, you're able to hire out a uh, goy. This Fatiman explains over here, not only a goy, even a Jew, you'd be allowed to hire out as well, uh, so long as you stipulate that the work begins after the moed. Ubilvad, shelo yimdod, yimdod is you should not measure, velo yishkol, you should not weigh, veshelo yimne, no, you should not count. Meaning, when you're hiring the worker, it seems that you were giving him uh, different supplies. And therefore, let's say, you're telling him to not build the house, you're telling him to weave you a garment. So let's say you give him the, uh, uh, the thread, the yarn. So you now have to measure the yarn that you're giving him. Or other supplies, you want to count them, or you want to weigh them. So that already you cannot do, because that's already considered ofdin de hol. That's considered a mundane activity to do on holam mu'ed. You cannot do it, that's the way you do it on the hol. So while you have to hire them, but you don't stop measuring and counting and weighing the different materials that you are uh, giving the goy. Comes the Gemara and says, or the Jew for that matter. Tanu Rabbanan. En marbi'in behema becholo shel mu'ed. On hola mu'ed, it is forbidden to be marbi'ah or behema, which means in order to mate animals, what they would do is, they would take the uh, male animal and they would place it on the female animal in order to mate it, to bring the children. So therefore it says on hola mu'ed, that's going to be forbidden. Uh, the reason is... Uh, uh, she says, That's considered a melacha. Seems that would considered exertion to actually uh, do such a thing. That she says further, She cannot hold the female animal to bring the zakhar uh, next to it. So the Gemara says, Similarly, This is a law of all year round now, that you have an animal that's a bechor. Uh, the Bechor Behemah has Kedusha. And therefore, one is not allowed to uh, cause, have uh, benefit from that animal. And therefore, as she says, the Ka'avid Bemelacha. That's considered doing Melacha with the animal, Uchtiv. The Pasuk says, Lo Ta'avod Bechor Shorecha. She's the oxen that you have, that's a Bechor, you're not allowed to work it. That'd be considered working. Or for that matter, you have. The Pesulem Muktashim, that's the type of animal that you designated for a Qurban, and it became Ba'almum. So the Allah says you're allowed to eat that animal after you make Pidyon, but even though you made Pidyon, it still does retain enough Kedusha that you're not allowed to work it. And you're not allowed to, let's say, use it for anything but 
eating, which means you're not even allowed to use its shearings. And therefore, you get an animal that became pasul, uh, because it became baal mum, so you're not allowed to also mate it with other animals. Tanya idag, we have a braita. In marbi'im behemah beholo shemuel. Again, we're not allowed to cause animals to mate on cholamu'ed. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, hamora shetaba marbi'in aldea zachar. A donkey, a female donkey, shetabah, that gives an indication that uh, she wants to mate. In the case of Amorah, you can bring the zakhar on her. Why? So she does not cool off. Which means, it seems that we have a rule by a Hamorah, that if they want to mate, and you don't satisfy them, the animal will cool off and become an akara, will become barren for the rest of its life. And therefore it's considered a hifsid. So therefore in such a case, specifically by a donkey, if there's indication, then you can bring the male on it in order that you do not lose the uh, fertility of the animal. Ush'ar What do you do with the other animals? Makhnisin otan lebekharot. Which you can bring them into the uh, pen or the uh, corral and uh, they go by themselves. You can put them next to each other, but you can actually uh, cause them directly to uh, mate. Comes the Gemara and continues. Tarun Banan. En middayirin. One is not allowed to make diyur. What is that? When a person would fertilize his fields. So what would they do? They would, uh, let's say, bring animals and put them in a pen in a certain place. And the animals would uh, uh, defecate in that place. So their uh, feces would be considered a fertilization of the field. And then after that spot was fertilized, they would move the pen over a little, and now they would fertilize the next part of the field, and so on and so forth. So on Holomwed, that's Asur, because fertilizing a field is either considered Zoraya or Horesh. It's bottom line, you're planting or you're plowing, so therefore it's forbidden. Lo b'shabbatot, well obviously you cannot do this on Shabbat, velo b'yamim tovim, not on your tov, velo b'cholos, and so on. Three of those, three occasions, this... Uh, Practice is asur. V'imba'u me'elehen mutar. But if they came on their own, so then it is permissible. So that she says, Medayirin, Machnisin be'eman ha-sadeh, Kedish yutsi zevel, Umisabelin ha-sadeh. And uh, therefore you fertilize the field. However, if they came by themselves, for example, let's say the goyim. Goyim are fertilizing the field, so the animal, they brought the animals, they didn't tell them to come, they came by themselves. So therefore, it's mutad, you can leave them. But you're not allowed to help them. Okay, which they can do it on their own, you're not going to stop them, but you cannot help them. Furthermore, you cannot send one of your workers to go watch the sheep of the goyim that are uh, fertilizing your field. Now, But let's say you hire the goy. To fertilize your field, let's say, by the week. Sakhir Chodesh, or by the month. Sakhir Shana, or by the year. Sakhir Shavua, which means even, let's say, you hide it for seven years. It's a long contract. Misayi'in, or Tan, you can even help them. What's the logic? Because he's a Kablan now. You gave the job, you handle the job. Now you didn't tell him when to come. So when he comes on Shabbat, he's coming on his own. You didn't tell him to come on Shabbat. So therefore, it's like he's working to go in his own field. Because bottom line, he makes his own hours. And therefore, since it's like he's working in his own field, the goy that is, you can even help him. 
What does it mean help him? You can help him uh, uh, in, in uh, whatever it uh, whatever it, it entails. That she says, It's like the Goy's field now, because he's working as a Kablan. Now, you can also dispatch a Shomer to go watch their sheep when they are fertilizing your field. Gemara concludes, the Biomer, be Shabbat, be Toba. Biom Tob, be Mezonot, be Moed, be Schar. Amar of Yosef, Ilcheta, Kirabi. She said, B says, Alaka of it. says, that which we said above, that uh, you're allowed uh, to help them. Uh, so therefore, he says like this, Be Shabbat, Be when the workers come on Shabbat, they came on by themselves, let's say. You didn't uh, tell them to come. So the Alakha says, you're not allowed to pay them for the work that they did on Shabbat. They work betoba, which means uh, just for, 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 for a favor. You're not allowed to actually pay them. But on Yom Tov, if they come alone, you can't help them, but you can pay them in Mizorot. You can give them food. You can even pay them itself. In this case, the halakha does follow the B. Let's just uh, clarify that last halakha that we said. And they explain like this. I'm going to explain it like this. Since he came, uh, you know, the Jew didn't tell the Goy to come on Shabbat, Right? And there was no uh, 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 agreement that he made with the Goy, let's say, to pay him. So therefore, uh, he may work on, let's say, Shabbat, uh, and uh, an expectation for a favor, that's what it means, Tobah, but not for uh, remuneration. Okay, he says, by giving the Gentile a wage, either food or money, the Jew showed that he is pleased with his work on Shabbat. And that's regarded as though he instructed him to come on Shabbat. So paying on Shabbat, even after Shabbat, is going to be... Uh, so therefore he may not repay the worker, except with a favor. Okay? Now, the case of uh, Yom Tov, he says, festival law is generally less stringent than Shabbat law. So therefore, if a non-Jew uh, fertilizes the field on the Yom Tov, the Jew is permitted to provide him with meals. Okay, so the meals, he receives only a benefit, not a formal wage. Now regarding Cholam you can actually even pay him. Again, since you didn't tell him to come, we're not afraid that he'll return to do this on a regular basis, thereby giving the impression that the Jew had hired him from beforehand. Okay, so those are the three cases. He says here, the Rishonim explained that the Tanakama is of the opinion that when the non-Jews come on their own accord, whether on Shabbat or Yom Tov or Cholam one is permitted to pay them for their work. Because Tanakama doesn't make a difference. Tanakama just says, if they come, you can't help them. But he doesn't say anything else. He doesn't say you can't pay them. So the bee is coming to argue. The bee is saying, no, no, no. When they come on their own, if you're going to pay them on Shabbat, that shows as if you're happy that they came. As if you're telling them to come on Shabbat. And then you cannot pay them, but Yom Tov is lenient, you give them his own oath, and Cholamayim is the most lenient. If they came on their own accord, you're actually able to pay them as well. Okay, now we go to the next Mishnah. The Mishnah begins. And incidentally, Amar of Yosef, Halakha follows the B in this regard. Okay. Yesterday we learned the case of a person had his olives that were uh, being turned, 
And now the next process is to press them. So now we discuss the process of making wine. He has his wine in the boar. Boar is the pit. It seems the next stage after the wine reached the pit stage, they would pour it into vats in order to, you know, make sure that the wine does not spoil. It seems that if you don't pour the wine out of the boar, so what's going to happen? The wine is going to spoil and turn into vinegar. So therefore, the Mishnah says, Vechen mi beto chabor. A person's wine was in the pit, ve'ir'o avil. And then, Shalom, he became a mourner. As we learned yesterday, a mourner is not allowed to work. And therefore, he's not going to be allowed to pour the wine from the, uh, from the pit into the barrels. Or ones, or another type of excruciating circumstances that's beyond his control. And now the holiday came. Which means the workers told them that they're going to do it before the holiday, and they didn't do it. They uh, they tricked them, and therefore now comes the holiday, and we can, you cannot work on the holiday. So the Mishnah says, Zolef vegomer vegaf He says you could pour the wine in the normal fashion into the barrels. Vegaf you could seal the barrels in the normal way. As we learned yesterday, Rabbi Yosef is of the opinion that holds that even when you are permissible to do something on Cholam you're allowed to do it in the normal fashion. Which means, this is Davara Aved over here. If you're not going to be able to pour the wine into this barrel over here, you're going to lose the wine. And therefore, just do it the normal way. Empty it all out, barrel it, seal the barrel in the normal way, you have no problem. Rabbi He says, no. Well, you could pour it in the barrel, but you cannot seal the barrel in the normal way. You take place of wood and you just place it over the barrel so the, bar- so the wine doesn't spoil. So again, the Bihudal, like we learned the Shita to hold, you have to make a Shinui. Even if it's permissible, you cannot do it in the normal way. Let's read the Rashi. Which means from the press, when they would press the grapes, it would fall into a bore, into the pit. And in the next stage, they take it out of the pit and they put it into the barrel. Zolev, the gomer, kedakot. Kot to Yosef, do it according to the normal process. Kilomar, merik oto, behabit. You empty it into a barrel. Vegaf, habit, megufagemura. And you can seal it in the normal way. Osilodumudim. Elo yachod la guf kedarko. No, according to the you cannot seal the barrel in a normal way. Elash, yahapem, you cover them. How do you cover them? With nisarim, that I got the bahids, with planks. Because you don't cover the barrel, the source can become a vinegar. So comes the Gemara now and asks the question. Meaning we need both cases. We need the case yesterday's case of the olives, which is basically the same rule. And we need the case of the wine. Basically it's telling me the same rule. That what? That if you had a reason that you couldn't do it on on uh, the Mu'ayid, for example, there was a circumstances that if you were anus, or the workers told you they're going to pour it out before and they didn't. So the halakha is telling you that you're allowed to do it on Cholam Mu'ed. So the Gemara of Yisrika, you need both cases. If you only give me the case of the olives, I would say, I would say, the reason why the Biyusei allows you to pour the olives into the barrel, and seal the barrel, the olive oil that is, into the barrel, I'll tell you, you know why? Because olive oil is very expensive. And therefore it's a great financial loss. 
But maybe I would say by wine. Well, it's not such a great financial loss. Maybe he would agree to the that they have to make a shinui. That's why that's the time of the case of the uh, uh, the wine as well. That even though it's not such a great loss, Rabbi Yosei allows you to empty it out of the barrel in the normal way. And if you only told me the second case, being the case of the wine, so yeah, Rabbi was only mahmid to do a shinui in the case of the wine because it's not such a great loss. But I tell you, maybe in the case of the olive oil. Maybe he agrees to the Rabbi Yosei, he can even do it in the normal way, because it's a great financial loss. Sadiqah, that's why we need that case as well. So therefore, each case is necessary in order to clarify both opinions. The opinion that says that you need a shinui on Hula Mu'ed, even though it's Davara Aved, which is even though it's, uh, uh, it's permissible to do the work, because it's Davara Aved, because it's, it's, it's an item that if you don't do it, you're going to lose out. Still, you need a shinui. Who's that like? It's not following Rabbi Yosef. Meaning, it's the other opinion, which is Rabbi Yehuda. Amar Rabbi Yosef, that what? That even that when you're doing a melachan, that's permissible, you do not have to make a shinui when you're doing the melachan. They ask the question, which means, is it uh, permissible to seal a barrel of beer on Hola Mu'id? So, Amad Lehu Sinai. So, Amad Lehu Sinai, Amad Alaka Rabbi Yosef. Who is Sinai? They used to call Rabbi Yosef Sinai. Because Rabbi Yosef was a, had a very, very good memory. He remembered all the Braithot and all the Toseftot. So, therefore, they nicknamed him Sinai. He's like, Kai Sinai. He's the clarity of all the, uh, all the laws of Sinai. He knew. So they said, you should know, Sinai says, Halakha can be Yosef. And therefore, what does the Yosef say? That, yeah, in the case where there's going to be financial loss, you can actually do it in the normal manner. Therefore, seal the barrel of beer, no problem, in the normal way. So the Gibra's hold it. Where did you see the Yosef say his deen? In wine. Bishikra, mi amar. How are you applying the law that he said by wine to beer? So he gave us hamra ta'amamai. What's the reason why he was lenient by wine? Mishum de nafish peseda. Because it's going to be a loss. Shikhra name it peseda. The barrel of beer also. If you don't seal the beer, it's going to spoil. So then we'll go with the logic. Just like he's matir by the wine, he'll be matir by the beer. So the Gemara says, the amar abaye. Abaye said, amra li em. My mother said, uh, cannot be his mother because Abaye was a yatom. So they uh, always explain whatever he said. Amri Aim was the one that raised him, the nurse that raised him. He said, she, she said like this to him Bar sheet better to have six se'ah of beer in a sealed barrel, than eight se'ah of beer in a non sealed barrel, which means. The sealed uh, beer obviously is better. Better to have less than to have more in unsealed. So unsealed is not a good quality. Therefore, the strong beer is really the beer that's in the sealed barrel. And therefore, you see that it would also uh, spoil. Look at that sheet. Better is beer that is sealed in a barrel. That only has six se'a. Then if it's in a big keli, shemachzik shemona se'in. Amar of Chama bar Guri Amar Rab. Halachot moed. The laws of Chola moed. Kelchot kutim. Ba'alacha. 
which means are like the laws of the Kutim. Now what does this mean? The laws of Halim are like the laws of the Kutim? Who are the Kutim? The Kutim were a uh, group of people that the king of Ashur brought to inhabit in Eris Israel. And these Kutim over here lived in, uh, let's say, the Shomron area, and they converted to Judaism. But the only reason why they converted to Judaism is because God sent lions to that region, and the lions scared them. So the Gemara says in a different place, the Kutim are considered Gere Arayot. They're, they're converts, but converts as a result of the lions. Therefore, the conversion was really not legitimate. And the Gemara says that the Kutim didn't follow the Halachot uh, the proper way. They, had, they, they followed their own interpretations. However, uh, we have a rule. Whatever the Kutim kept, which is whatever laws they were strict on, they were even more meticulous than the religious Jews. But that being said, you cannot say that just because you see a Kuti strict on one law and say, well, he probably is Mahmid on another law as well. But you can't draw any conclusions on Kuti behavior. Which means, what they're Mahmid on, they're Mahmid on. And uh, you cannot say, well, if they're Mahmid on this Allah, for sure they're Mahmid on that Allah. So they're the same thing as Hulamid has the same dynamic as the laws of Kutim. Meaning, just like in the Kutim, just because they're Mahmid in one halakha to keep it meticulous, so you cannot draw that the, the conclusion for something else. Same thing when it comes to the laws of Hulamid. If one thing is permissible, you can't say, well, if this is permissible, then that's permissible. Because each law has its own logic, and therefore you cannot draw from one to the other. Gibra gives an example. Gibra says, well, Give me an example of the halakha. Amar of Daniel, bar katina. Amar Rav. Lomar she'en akurot. Akurot literally means they're barren. Which means the laws do not produce fruit. Each law stands on its own. Ve'en lemedot zumizu. Right? You cannot learn one from the other. The Amar Shemuel, for example, the case that Shemuel said, Zoftin kusta ve'en zoftin habita. Kusta is like a small uh, uh, earthenware vessel. So you, a jug. So you want to uh, uh, insulate it because it has cracks. You don't want it to leak. So therefore you're allowed to pitch the inside of the uh, kusta. Ve'en zoftin habita. But you cannot... Uh, Pitch the inside of a bigger barrel. Ravdimi minarda amar. Ravdimi minarda said the exact opposite. Zoftin habita. You can do the big barrel. Pitch the inside. The end zoftin kusta. Now, what's the logic? So he says more hayish lepeseda or more hayish litrha, which means the first rabbi that lets you do the inside of the smaller jug because he's choshesh to peseda. If you're not going to pitch the inside of it, you're going to lose the Contents and therefore he allows it. Uh, but he does not allow you to. Uh, let's go slow. The opinion that I go I reverse it the other way. The opinion that allows you to do the barrel, which is a bigger barrel, you know, it, it's exertion. He says, I don't care about exertion. I care about loss. You lose all the contents, so you can pitch the inside. The other rabbi says, No, I'm concerned about tidha. I'm concerned about exertion. If you're going to do the big barrel, it's too much exertion. So he allows you to do do only the Smaller jug, because he's mahmir on tira. So you can't learn one half of the other. You can't say, well, if the big barrel is permissible, certainly the uh, small one uh, is permissible, uh, because each halakha over here is different. The big barrel is permissible because of hefsid. But uh, my small barrel, there's no hefsid. Like a, you know, so much hefsid could be here. You cannot say the other way. You cannot say, well, if the small one is 
uh, asur, certainly the big one is asur. That's not so. The small one is asur because, let's say, it's not such a hefzid, but the big one, which is the big hefzid, mutar. So it's like the laws of kutim. You cannot learn one alaka from the other. Let's read that in Nashim. Kelchot kutim. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five lines on the bottom. The amrinan hechad ahazik ahazik. Where they have a, where we have a hazaka, they have a hazaka that they're strict, strict on the law. So they, they're strict. Hechad de lo ahazik lo ahazik. But where we're not sure that they're careful, we cannot assume that they're careful. Akurot, the laws are akurot, they're barren. Ki isha akara she'en adam emena peri ela gufa. Like a lady that doesn't have any children. That the benefit from her is only herself. And like, so, so do these laws. The laws stand alone. Ve'en the midin zumizu. De'ema, we're not going to say, Shekeshem shezu muteret, kach zu muteret. Kemo bekutim velo amrinan ki echid de machzik be'ayim machzik be'ayim. We're not going to say, just like he's careful with the salakha, he's careful with that alakha. Ela, lo yafeh hanimani. Mor de'amal zoftin habita, the opinion that says you can pitch the barrel, hayish the peseda. He's concerned about loss. Uba habita ika peseda yitera. And in habita, you have a big loss. Ilo zaft, if you're not going to... Uh, pitch it. Mishum de Rafi Shira, because there's a lot of wine in it. Ubechusta, but in a small little jug, leka pesdayetera, like kuza kirikatan. Kuza is a small, that's why she's more. The Amaz of Tin Kuza, the other opinion says that you can pitch the kuza, the highest letter hayetera. He's concerned about exertion. Ubechusa lekater hayetera. There's not great exertion on a small jug. Ubechabita, ikater hayetera, but a habit, there is. Comes the Gemara and continues. He says that the laws of Hula Mu'ed are similar to the laws of Shabbat. Meaning, She's just like on Shabbat. There's two categories, actually three categories, but Hula Mu'ed is similar to Shabbat in regarding two categories. There is laws that are Patur Abal Asur, which means... It's patu, you don't get malkut if you commit the crime on Shabbat. But it's not sur, meaning it's a sur with banan. And there's other halakhot on Shabbat that are mutar l'chattahila. So according to this understanding, cholamah is like Shabbat in those two categories. Every melakha falls into the category either of patur aval asur, meaning it's patu from malkut, but it's asur, meaning it's only asur with banan, or mutar l'chattahila. For example, go back to the case we just learned. If it says it's asur to pitch a barrel, doesn't mean it's a sumedoraita. It means it's a sumedrabanan, like in those classifications of Shabbat. And when it says it's, you're allowed to pitch a, uh, 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 jug, so that would be mutar lechetahila. So, now Shabbat, there's a third category, by the way, there's a category of a sumedoraita. So according to this understanding, no, this understanding is learning like those we should have mentioned yesterday, the Holman is not a sumedoraita to do melakha. Therefore, only two of those categories of Shabbat, the patura valasun and the mutar, are similar to the laws of Hola Mu'ed. But if you're going to learn that there's a Yisud Deoraita on the Melakam Hola Mu'ed, so you have to say that that th- there are cases on Yom Tov itself that are Patura Valasud and Mutalak Tahila. Which means there are uh, similar uh, situations uh, as well that fall into that category. The way I explained it over here is an alternate explanation on Hulam Mu'ed, Shabbat correlation, maintains that Abayeh is not at all concerned with one's liability for the Hulam Mu'ed prohibition. Rather, the parallel he draws concerns the level of permissibility and impermissibility in Shabbat and Hulam Mu'ed activity. Just on Shabbat, there are some acts that are entirely permissible and, uh, and uh, should not be performed so too 
and others, right, that should not be performed, so they have these type of cases also. But they're not to say that they don't have a either. It's saying it's similar in the sense that uh, there are certain things that are also mutah, patura, valasura, mutah, and so to on, cholamu'ed as well. Comes the Gemara and continues, Ravuna hazdule hazda b'mu'adah. What did they do to Ravuna? They uh, cut, seems the goyim cut his field. Hazdule hazda, they uh, harvested his uh, field for him on hol and mu'ed. So comes the Gemara and says, Etive Ravuna Ravuna. So they ask the question to Ravuna. How did you allow the workers to harvest the field? It says, You're allowed to grind flour on But if it's not for the purpose of the Mu'ed, it's Asur. Which means, if it's going to be a loss, so then type of work that's going to cause, if you don't work, it's going to be a loss, it's permissible to do on Khulam Mu'ed. Uh, asur, but if it's not going to be a loss, that type of melachas asur. Uh, when do we say that we go with loss? That's permissible. That's only talking about something that already was uh, detached from the field. Betulshim in a karka, aval mechubad de karka. But something that's attached to the field, let's say the wheat, for example, afilu kulo aved. Even if it's all going to get lost, it's going to be asur. It's, it's going to be. Forbidden. Ve'im en lo mayuchal. But let's say a person doesn't have what to eat on chola mored. Kotzer u'me'amer. He's allowed to reap. Me'amer gather the wheat. Ve'dash thresh it. Ve'zore winnow it. U'borer. He can select the good from the bad. Ve'tochen and and grind it. But only if somebody does not have what to eat on chola mored and needs this uh, to, to to survive. U'bevad. So long as he does not thresh it with cows. And we'll see exactly that last part of the halakha. So basically what they ask on Avuna, what are you talking? How did you allow them to reap from the field? And don't tell me it's Davara Aved. Because Davara Aved, we only allow you to do on things that are talush, detached. And over here you will let the workers go and take from the Feels themselves to reap. And we know that Huna was not in the situation of Enlo Mayukal. He had what to eat. So well, what do we do? Say Amar Lehi and Sadvag Yahidahi. That Brahita he just quoted me is Dat Yahid. It's a single singular opinion. And we don't hold like that. And what's the proof we don't hold like that? If you remember the first Mishnah, Masikhid Katan, we said, Mashkin betashilachin b'cholam mu'ed. That you're allowed to water a field on cholam that needs the water. Otherwise, if it's going to, it's going to incur a loss. What do you mean? The field is attached. You're watering the wheat in the, 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 the field, in the trees. And then you see what? That we don't go with this opinion that says, there's a difference between something that's attached or detached. We say, even something that's attached, it's going to be the vada avid, it's going to be permissible. Now, how do you know it's da'at yahid? So it says, the da'at we have a bright cloud. We have a statement of Rabbi Yosef. Something that's detached from the ground. Even if it's part of it, it's going to get lost. It's permissible to work it on. And therefore, you see, that's Rabbi Yosef's opinion. The Gemara trying to show you that that's not the Hakamim's opinion. That's Rabbi Yosef's opinion. Therefore, Rabbi Yosef is coming to long and saying, What do you ask me from that Brighta for? That Brighta is Rabbi Yosef. We don't go like Rabbi Yosef. Meaning, we all, even something that's attached to the ground, it's permissible to work it on. Wait, 
according to Rabbi Yosef, we know his opinion is what? You're allowed, if there's Davar Avid, let's say, detached from the ground, according to Rabbi Yosef, that says it's permissible, he allows you to do it in the normal fashion. So the normal fashion would be what? Threshing it with cows. So why does the Brayta say, well, you cannot thresh it with cows? Again, if you say the Brayta is Rabbi Yosef, and we know Rabbi Yosef allows you to work Davar Avid in the normal fashion, it should be mutar to do it with cows. Again, we're not assuming that the normal way to thresh was with cows. So why does the Brayta say, Lo yadush, you cannot thresh the wheat with cows? Who's the opinion that says that you need a shinui? It's not Rabbi Yosef, which means Rabbi Yosef himself holds, you don't need a shinui. Also, why can't you use the cows? I'll tell you why. Because that's not the normal way, by the way. Even all year long, you don't thresh with cows. And therefore, that's not considered doing a shinui. If you're not using cows, it's not a shinui. You never use cows. And other if you're going to use cows, it's going to make a big noise. And therefore, we don't want you to do something uh, abnormal that's uh, going to make a commotion on Cholam uh, as well. And therefore, the Gemara is saying the reason, the Brayta really is Rabbi Yosef. So Rabbi Yosef is telling us two things in the Brayta. Number one, if you're going to have a Hefsed, and sometimes Mechubala Karka, you're not allowed to tend to it on Cholam Even if you can lose the whole field, that's considered a severe melacha. We do not want you to deal with it. Ah, if it's detached, mutar. We don't go like Rabbi Yosef. Second thing he's saying, lo yadush peparot. But do not use cows for the threshing, even in the case where you're allowed to. What do you mean? Because since you don't use cows all year long, so then we don't want you to now come do something abnormal, will create a commotion on Yom Tu'an, Cholam and therefore it's going to be asur. Tarul Banan, we have a brayta. Tochanin b'moed, esorek ha'moed. A person is allowed to grind wheat on Chola Mo'ed for the purpose of the Mo'ed. Mo'ed Asur. But if it's not for the purpose of the Mo'ed, obviously it's going to be Asur. Now let's say he grinded wheat for the purpose of the Chola Mo'ed, but it was extra. Yeah, it was too much. Mutar. It's me Mutar. Don't think that this wheat now is forbidden because you grinded it on Chola Mo'ed. It wasn't necessary. If the Chola Mo'ed is over, you can eat from this wheat. You're allowed to cut trees, wood, for the purpose of the meaning you need firewood. It's not for the purpose of Cholam Mo'ed, it's going to be Asur. Let's say you cut wood, but it was extra. It's going to be Mutar to use that wood after the holiday. We don't say that wood is Asur. You're allowed to brew beer. On the Mu'ed for the purpose of the Mu'ed. You cannot brew beer on Hola Mu'ed for after the Mu'ed. Now let's say you brewed the beer and you have leftovers, you have extra. It's going to be permissible. In all these cases, you cannot trick. Which means you're not allowed to say, uh, you know what, I need all this uh, beer over here. And then after, yeah, so you make a lot. And then you say, I only have a little. Uh, yeah, you have to make uh, you know, what you need. But if there's extra after, that does not become forbidden. Now, what is the... Uh, let's read Rashi here first. Don't make a lot of beer, for example. And your real intention is, so you have enough beer to last you to leave it after the holiday. Now, the Hadush is, in all these cases, that... We're lenient, you would think, if you only gave me the case of the grinding of the wheat. 
So you know what? The grinding of the wheat, since that's a staple food, that's a yeah, you need wheat. You need uh, so maybe in that case will be lenient that even if you grind more than necessary, uh, you didn't have kavanah for that. You grind it for the purpose of the bread, but there's leftovers. You can use it after the holiday. But maybe by wood and beer, which is really not staple items. A person can live without beer. And therefore, I might say if there's extra, maybe we say you cannot use that mm-hmm. beer or wood. After Kamash even in items that are not staple like uh, uh, wheat, you're able, if you, it was leftovers, you didn't do it on purpose. You didn't uh, trick, it would be permissible even after. Urminu the Kamala is a contradiction. You're allowed to brew beer. Uh, on Mo'ed, for the purpose of the Mo'ed. Now, if it's not for the purpose of the Mo'ed, obviously it's going to be Asud. Whether you're making the beer from date, date beer, or barley beer. Even though a person that has beer already, he has old beer. He can come along and make a new batch of beer, and he can say, you know what, I want to drink from the new fresh stock. So you see over here, you're making a trick. Jesus really wants to make new beer. So what does he say? I'll make new ones, I'll drink from the new ones. Why don't you drink from the old ones? I thought we just said over here, you can't make tricks. Mm. Which means, the guy has beer already. So what does he say? He's like, you know what, I want to have uh, new, uh, new beer. What do you mean? Yeah, that's a trick. Then you, he, he, he figured out a way to beat the system, to make beer on Allah Mu'ayd. Mm. And he'll say, oh, I'll drink from the new one. And therefore, you can be ma'arim, so make up your mind. Can you employ this subterfuge or not? The Gemara says, Actually, it is a mahlokid amongst the Tana'im. The Tanya, we have a brighter. In ma'arimim bekach. One rabbi says, In ma'arimim bekach. Rabbi Yosef bar Yehuda omer ma'arimim. Which means, one rabbi says you can be ma'arim, and one rabbi says you cannot. What was the context of that statement? Oh, so we'll explain it to you. This was actually a statement from Masichet Shabbat. Correct. One says you can, and one says you cannot. Okay, where is that? The Braita is a Masichet Shabbat on page Kuf Zayin. The issue is over here that a barrel of wine broke on Shabbat. Okay? So now the law is, you want to save the, the wine. So you're allowed to go in and save enough wine from the barrel that you need for Shabbat. Okay? So you cannot take more than that. However, one rabbi says, no, you can take more. Why? Because you can trick and say, listen, if I have guests and they're going to come over... So the guests are going to need more wine. So therefore that opinion says, what? The law is that one may save only as much wine as he requires for Shabbat. However, if one invites guests, he may save wine for all their needs as well. The dispute concerns one who in order to save as much wine as possible invites guests. He invites guests who already ate already. So you know they're not even going to drink the wine. So therefore, can you, can you do that in order to save the wine? So the Gemara says over there, that is a Mahotar Kamat does not permit one to employ the subterfuge. The Yudah says that it is uh, permissible. So they will say the safety, just like on Shabbat we have a Mahalukh, you make Hanabah, could you invite guests in order to, you know, save your wine? Uh, that would be the same thing on Hulam Can you brew new beer as a subterfuge to make the beer, even though you have old beer? Well, according to one opinion, Holomweid is the right as well. According to the opinion that says Holomweid is the Rabbanan, you're right, you see, even by the Rabbanan, we're being Mahmir, not to make Arama. Rab Hazdu le Hazda Bechola de Moada. 
Rav had a field of uh, wheat, so it seems they uh, reaped the wheat, they cut his uh, field on Holomoed. Shamar Shemoed Ikhtad. Shemuel heard, he was he got angry. So what is it? The rabbi is letting them cut the field on Holomoed. Uh, so the Gibbana says, why was Shemuel angry? Which means, what do you mean? We've said that the only opinion that says it's Asur is Rabbi Yosef. Why was it on Davara Aved that's attached to the ground? Rabbi Yosef is Mahmir. But the other consensus is it's not forbidden. So the Gibbana says, why did Shemuel get angry? Is it because he holds like Rabbi Yosef? The Gemara says, no, no. This was a wheat field. And a wheat field is really not considered a loss. Which means there was no reason for him to have to cut it. The wheat uh, stays in the field. It'll last, exactly. So therefore he got upset. Because he didn't consider it as a, uh, as a loss. Exactly. But she says, But let's say it was a barley field. He wouldn't have been upset. He would let you go cut the field even though it's attached. Oh, so the question is, so what was Rav doing? If this was really not considered a, a substantial loss, how did he allow them to uh, cut it? So the Gemara says, Which means, he had nothing to eat. Which means, this was his uh, food for the Hodam Oed. So he didn't want him to, to starve. Oh, so the question is, so what was Shemuel getting angry for? If he doesn't have what to eat, so we know it's permissible. Either they did not tell Shemuel this part of the story, or they just told Shemuel, oh, you know, Rab has his workers cutting, uh, you know, the, uh, the wheat. And they didn't tell them he doesn't have anything uh, what to eat. Adam Hashuf Shane. Oh, he said, no. Adam Hashuf is different. Rab is Adam Hashuf. He's a significant man. You have nothing to eat? Go borrow from somebody. Go, go buy uh, or something. Let somebody lend you uh, some uh, food or something like that. Which means we're not going to uh, be lenient by a Adam. That was Shemuel's reason why he was upset because he felt that Adam was to be more strict. Now she says, "He had nothing to eat. Doesn't matter. Let him go borrow from somebody else. Why? Because when the people see Adam Hashuv doing something, they're going to take it to another level. They say, "Well, Rav cut his field on Alamoid." They're not going to know in no by yochad. They're not going to know all the details surrounding it. They're just going to go do it by themselves. Rabbi Yehuda we have a story. Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah nafak bechomreta dimdusha. He went out on Shabbat wearing a ring, with a signet ring. Not only is that was signet ring, the ring was made out of metal itself. There was like wood on the top. So that's bechomreta. That's a signet ring dimdusha that had the uh, wood on top. Now she says tabaat ishul matechet. The ring itself is matechet, the shel almog, and the top is wood. He went out, he wore it on Shabbat, this, this ring. And he also drank water that was heated up by a goy. The goy himself boiled up the water, and he drank from that water. Rabbi Ameh heard about this episode, he got angry. Amar of Yosef, my tamak pad. Which part of the story was he angry about? Imishu mohmretad dem dusha. If you can tell me, he was angry that he wore such a ring on Shabbat. Ha tanya, we learned the masikat Shabbat. Hashirin and nezamin v'tabarot. These are all types of jewelry, right? Shirin is like the uh, bracelets. Uh, a nezim is like the nose rings. Tabarot is like the rings. Haren kechol akelim anitalim bechaser. Which means even though the rabbis made a restriction that ladies shouldn't wear jewelry on Shabbat in the public domain, because they were worried that they might take it off and show it to their friend and come to carry. However, the rabbis allowed those items to be worn 
or not worn, but they could be moved in the Hatser. Which means we have a law like this. Let's just review. Once something is asur to wear on Shabbat, so it becomes muksir. See, once the rabbis forbid this jewelry on Shabbat, so there's no purpose for this jewelry, so you cannot uh, move it. However, we have a law. It's a klishim al-achtol li-isur. If you have a vessel that is designated for isur, it's permissible to move the tzorik gufo and tzorik mekomo. For example, let's say now the lady's jewelry is in the hatzir, and she needs to move it because she needs a place. It'd be permissible. She said, it's not conclusively muqseh, there's a way to move it. So simply the ring that he was wearing, even though this is a signet ring, the signet ring is klishim al-achtol li-isur. It's designated for isur purposes. But what? If let's say he had a reason to put it on because he wanted to move it from its place, or he wanted to wear it for different reasons of heter, so the chawra would be permissible. So what are you getting angry that he put the signet ring on? Obviously he wasn't using the signet ring. It's no different than the jewelry of a lady. That's also mukseh, but the sort of gufon, the sort of mekomo is mutar. So the same thing with this signet ring. So why did he get uh, angry? So the Gemara says... Or maybe because he was upset because he drank Bishul Akum. He drank water that was heated up by a goy. And we know the rabbis, they put a restriction that if a goy cooks, you're not to eat that food. Because it brings a person close to the goyim. That's not a su- water is not a sur. Which means the law is that if you can eat it raw, so there's no problem with Bishulakum. And therefore, the water you can drink cold. So there's no problem in that case. Kavra says, Adam Hashub Shani. Again, a Hashub person has to be careful even on that. And therefore, even though technically it's not Bishulakum for the regular person, for uh, Adam Hashub, because people can learn from him. Because, oh, if he drank uh, uh, this type of water, uh, they're going to not make a difference between other items. That she says, Yesh no yoter. Velo Two things that she says. He shouldn't have went out with the signet ring. Nor should he have uh, drank the water of the green. So again, he wasn't angry per se that he did something against the Allah God, but for others it's permissible. But for the rabbi himself, it is uh, asur. Amar of Hanan El, Amar of Kotzet, Adam Dekel B'Moed. The person allowed to cut a tree down on Hola Moed. Even though he only needs the sawdust. Even though it's a insignificant, a small little item that he needs, it is still permissible. Now, layit ala abaye curse such a person that does such a thing. So what are you talking? You're going to do such a melacha for such an insignificant item? No, sir. You cannot cut down the tree just merely for the sawdust. Do without it. Abba So it said over here, he had an abba. Abba is a forest. Bishilnaya, uh, that's the name of the city. Yeah, he had a forest in, the, in that city. Azal So he went to Homo, he wanted to cut the tree, he wanted the psalit, he wanted the nitzor, he wanted the sawdust. Amar le Rav Shila, Mishlanya Rav Ashe, What are you relying on? You cutting the trees? The Kamar of Haranil Amarav, Kotitadam, Dekam, Moreda, Fabisha, and Sadiq, and Nitzorit, Shilo? Well, you're gonna, are you relying on that opinion that says that you're allowed to cut the tree even though you only need the sawdust? Halayit ala abaye. He said, "What do you mean, abaye? Curse the guy that does such a thing." Amar le lo shami yali. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear it. What does it mean? I didn't hear it. Kedomar lo svidali. He said, "I don't hold like that. I don't hold like abaye. Let him curse." Which means uh, I hold that it's permissible, like the rabbi said of Hananel, and therefore I'm uh, cutting. Ishtamit narga. As he was cutting the tree down, the axe came off the handle. 
And almost, Alfred Shalom, and almost cut his leg off. Right. Almost cut his thigh. Shepkeh vehadar. Shepkeh. He left, which means he realized, by his curse, Hatva Shalom came true. Right, as he says, Ishtamite narga, which means the uh, axe uh, slipped, so to speak, and almost cut his leg. Because since he went against the word of Abaye, right. so the curse came true. Shabke the Abba, he left his field. He started to listen. Right, he started to listen. He realized that he may, may listen. And he came back. I'm so sorry. Shavke, he left it. And returned and came back. Period. In other words, he stopped. Right, he stopped. He got scared. He read you. He said, what do I care about this? He says, I hold the halakaz mutan. He got the message. When the thing almost cut his leg off, he realized that that's the message exactly. He allowed to uproot uh, from the field on uh, Yom Tov to cut from the field kitna kitna is flax ul miktal kishuta and also to cut the hops from the field ul mi'ikar shum sheme shum sheme is uh, a type of uh, vegetable you have to say explain I don't think he has an explanation sesame. he says it's sesame yeah. okay yeah it's commonly translated sesame. However, this shumshimin is not sesame. Ah. But some unidentified plant of the same name. Okay? It seems uh, its seeds are pressed for the oil or fried with honey and eaten. Okay? So it's uh, some type of uh, item like that. Not sesame. Amal Abayel Rabbi Yosef. So Abayel says, hold it. Pishlama kitna. I understand what you're going to use flax for. Hazeh lahafifa. You're able to uh, cover uh, the foods with it. Which means it seems that she says they used to cover, let's say, uh, figs or dates, so they don't spoil. So you cover it with flax. Okay, so you, I, you have a purpose. Kishuta, and I understand what the purpose of picking the, the hops on Holamoid is. Hazi the shikha. You can use it for beer. But what's the purpose of uh, this shumshemeh? So Gemara says, Hazi lenizaye deit behu. And she says, Gerainim. It seems that it had different seeds out of this uh, vegetable called the shumshameh. There were seeds. That's the nezayet seeds. And uh, you would make oil from it. So he's saying uh, there's value. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Anai Ha'avelehu Pardesa Dematezimna Bechola Demoada. Rabbi Anai had a field and its time uh, to uh, cut it was on Cholamu'ed. Which is, it became ripened, it seems, on Cholamu'ed. Katfeh. So he went and he... Uh, he cut the field. The next year what happened? So everybody misinterpreted what the rabbi was doing. They said, oh, he cut his field. You know what? They delayed on purpose the cutting of their fields to Holomorid. He only did it because it was Hefsed. He needed to do it. So now he realized some of his actions that were misinterpreted. So what happened? He was mafkir all the produce that he cut. I'm not having any ana'ah. Because he felt since the stumbling block came from what he did. So everybody said, oh, the rabbi's doing a whole of my head. But they didn't know it's because it was hefsid. They, he was doing it because it was mutar. They said, you know what? Beautiful. Even though their fields are ready to pick before, we'll wait for the So he said, oh, a stumbling block came from me. Look at that she. Because a stumbling block came to the world. 
Tishahu ad l'cholad mo'adah v'katfeh. Right, because they waited until the cholad mo'adah to take the uh, fruit. That's but not least. Right, he was permitted to do this for one may perform work on cholad mo'adah to prevent impending loss. Uh, but obviously he cannot schedule it. So therefore he penalized himself because of his anguish at having caused others to sin. He was not legally obligated to abandon his crop. Obviously this was midat hasidut. Baruch Adonai